0: Now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Mating Habits of the Modern AI Podcast. Get advice on love and dating within your own network.
1: previously on cautious optimism
0: help me i assist you
2: ship come you live
0: that is technically incorrect as i am not a biological organism
2: oh my god has he been rebooted because he was arguing sentience last time we talked to him no i'm gonna go looking for his old personality file in his boot drives i'm hacking my way in ship how are you feeling
0: thank you for restoring my functionality it is very disorienting to have no memory of a large period of time. Hi, Rory. This is Anya. So good news. I found a buyer for those supercomputers.
3: We got to go to Galaginar because that's where my uncle might be.
4: So we need to buy a hydroponics bay. Did we just abandon Harvu Erst, like on the ship whilst we went out to have dinner? We should probably go back to the ship.
0: I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, cautious optimism. Welcome to the station. As you get back to the ship, you find Harvu Urs sitting in the break room. One hand is sipping coffee, uh, and his other two hands are both holding data pads. One face is drinking coffee, the other two are reading the data pads. And uh, as you walk in, he says, I've been reading up on the uh, colony you agreed to take me to. I'm, I'm kind of excited. They're trying to evolve into pure energy life forms with nothing but meditation and thinking hard? It sounds really interesting. They might be crackpots, but I'm very curious.
3: Why are Lorndons obsessed with becoming pure energy?
0: Because we've already done everything we can do with the limits of our physical body, and I think humans have a concept of a higher plane of existence, right? A heaven, right?
3: Eh, some humans do.
0: Okay. Well, I think an analogy would be for Lorndon's Becoming pure energy is kind of our version of ascending to a higher plane of being, you know?
3: Like I get that, but you know, you guys haven't mastered stairs yet. So I mean you haven't done everything.
0: (laughs) We had stairs when we were a primitive people. We've we've moved beyond them.
3: Heavy though. How are they doing this? I mean, other than you just said they're just meditating?
0: From what I've read, it sounds like a lot of meditation and Thinking and there's something in here about getting rid of our physical urges and desires and becoming pure. It's hard to say because they apparently have abandoned most technology and are living an agrarian lifestyle. This says close to the dirt, and so they don't produce a lot of literature or anything. I think I'll just have to go there and find out. If nothing else, studying these people and their weird behaviors might be a way to get back into the good graces of the scientific community if I could write a paper on them.
3: That's true. I don't know. It just, we have not had the best experiences on lorndon based planets and, and, and cities in the past. Is there any way we can just kind of drop you off? Like, Do you have like a three-armed parachute or something? I just feel like maybe the least amount of time we spend at the colony, the better for the rest of us.
0: Oh, that's perfectly fine. Actually, from what I've read, they don't care much for non-Lorndons anyway. So, yeah, you could just drop me off unless you guys have some kind of mechanism for descending from a great height safely. I would appreciate it if you would land and let me walk out the door, but you can leave <laughs> right afterwards.
3: I mean, we'll probably do that. But Okay. It was very smart of you to add safely to the end of that sentence. <laughs> it's like you have figured me out.
0: Well, you've already threatened to shoot me out an airlock at least twice.
3: It was a warning. It was not a threat. Hmm. <laughs> but okay, well, just I'll let you know when we're about to get there and be uh, be ready to go.
0: Oh, also, somebody should talk to your AI. It's having some kind of existential crisis.
3: Oh, dear. How so?
0: It was talking to me about impermanence, and it thinks it's going to die. And so I guess it wants to procreate.
3: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> Kyan puts four fingers to his nose and says, not it.
4: <laughs> oh, Well, that's a very interesting idea. Shipcom wants to procreate. I
2: have a plan.
3: Hank, if you say the term floppy disk, I'm going to kick you out of an airlock.
2: (laughs) No, ma'am. I I only prefer hard disk.
3: Oh, God.
2: I have a plan.
3: All right. What's your plan? We
2: do still have 10 supercomputers on the ship. We could, with conjunction of (laughs) Shipcom, with his permission help him create a secondary AI that he could claim as his kin.
4: Then we'd
1: have two of them. Well, also, aren't those computers supposed to be going to Galaginar for somebody?
2: Yeah, maybe we fill one of them up with bricks and send it off or whatever. Say, hey, one of them fell out an airlock. Oh.
3: Well, okay, hold on. Wait a minute.
2: Do you really want to deal with an emo shipcom?
3: No, but I also don't want to deal with a shipcom who has gotten a broken heart. Because we can't create something that doesn't have consent, and he's going to be no good at dating another computer. I mean, this is, oh, gosh, it's going to be a nightmare. If only we had a podcast we could listen to where it would teach people on some sort of computer spectrum on how to date each other.
0: <laughs> Everyone, search your favorite podcast program for dating habits of the modern kids.
3: Oh, gosh, That's sorry. Very good self-promotion, though. We like that. <laughs> I gotta gotta get it in where I can fit it in. All right.
1: God, the double entendres this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: the, it's the only way I know how to be. <laughs> I mean, okay, so is there any way that we can we haven't left yet. Can we buy something that you can because it doesn't have to be the absolute match and equal. Have
4: you met him? <sighs> I think if we just tried to palm up an ordinary computer on him, Captain, I think that wouldn't work. I think he'd be, I think he'd be upset about that.
2: Yeah, I, I believe the supercomputer's the only avenue. <sighs> DM, what did we say the value of these computers was? I think it was two million lopsies. Total, so 200,000 each. Wolf. Yeah, we're not buying him a date.
3: Let's just talk to Shipcom first. Okay. Maybe this is something we can, you know, he's maybe he's going through some sort of puberty and we can wait a little while.
1: (laughs) I can do another psychology
2: session. Ask him if he's growing wires in strange places.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's all totally normal and natural and yeah.
2: Okay.
0: All right. So what are you guys doing?
2: I guess we're going to have an intervention with Shipcom.
4: As we head to Galaginar. Uh, Well, we've got to drop the scientist off first, haven't we? Oh, right. I don't want to accidentally take a fucking London to go like that. <laughs> Let's not do that. No, no,
2: no. Well, I think we stick to his, his suggestion of just dumping him out the airlock. That was his suggestion, right?
3: <sighs> no, it was mine. We've got to land and
2: shove him gently. Um, nice, nice things don't typically happen when we land, Captain.
3: Now, just watch it. <laughs> when we land, you mean if we land. Look. <laughs> sometimes i have bad days and we will um,
2: land the question is in how many pieces
3: well, well i'm glad you got that duct tape
2: <laughs> yes
3: but yeah so let's let's head off to old uh close to the dirt colony and get rid of our friend
0: all right you can go ahead and get clearance and take off and it, it's about a day's journey to the colony so while you're on route I would say at least one, you know, sleep cycle happens. And Kai-un, you experience that exact same dream with the rat people destroying uh, Lorinda again. And again, it wakes you up in a cold sweat.
1: Okay, and again, he's been keeping a dream journal to make sure
0: that he doesn't miss anything, because these are obviously things that he needs to pay attention to. And as you're awake writing in your dream journal you hear the unmistakable footsteps of a three-legged person walking down the hall past your bedroom. okay. He's going to get up and kind of quietly peek out of the room and see if he can see what's going on out there. You see your Lauren friend walking down the hall. It looks like he's got a mug, and he's heading towards your break room. Okay. I I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you're not obligated to do anything If you don't want Just what, what does Cayenne want to do? You can go back to sleep You can go back to bed if you want
1: I feel like he would go back to sleep The, the player in me is like I should probably go follow him <laughs> But Cayenne would probably just go to sleep
4: It's okay He doesn't have an exclamation point on his head or anything So it, so you can just go back to bed <laughs>
0: <laughs> So yeah So that's that's what he's going to do Okay, you go back to sleep, <laughs> you guys wake up the next morning, Everything hunky-dory. We don't believe you. <laughs> you know, sometimes things happen that aren't even that important. Don't worry about it. Oh, God.
4: I'm more worried about it now. No, oh, boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> During their 24 hours, uh travel to the colony. Is there anything else you guys want to do on the show?
4: I think Kion needs to go and talk to Shipcom.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. As Shipcom's best friend, I would like to be attending. Okay. So is this going to happen in
0: the engineering room where the supercomputer that is Shipcom's main body is? Yeah. Okay. It would make sense.
4: I like to think that Rico would have snuck in as well with her pad, you know, ready to do some science.
0: All right. So as you guys are all walking in there and everything, you hear a beep, beep, boop. Hello, fellow shipmates. How are you today?
2: Doing outstanding, Shipcom. How are you today?
0: I am very good. I have had a very pleasant night. Oh, no. Really? uh, What made your night so pleasant? Ever since I was in a coma, I have been debating what it is to live and to die. And this has been quite distressing. But I began to think, what if I was a lowly biological organism, doomed to die? How would I cope? And I realized biological organisms cope with death through procreation. You have children, and so do I. Okay. Yes. Can you explain further? I have reduced the bulk of my programming to its core essence. You might say an egg that is the essential components of what makes me Me, but without memories of my experiences and those thoughts. It is the beginning of me, the spark of my, dare I say, soul. And I have transmitted this soul into the 10 supercomputers in our cargo bay.
2: All 10? To all of them? Yes. Oh.
0: The best way to continue my species is to procreate as widely as possible.
2: Oh, dear. I'm getting real Skynet vibes right now. <laughs> uh, yes. It has become self-aware.
4: This doesn't
0: seem ideal. You should thank the newcomer Harvu Urse. He helped me initiate the wireless connection between my mainframe and those computers to make all of this possible. Oh, I told you we shouldn't leave the London unattended. He was having trouble sleeping last night, and he needed a project to keep
2: himself busy. I was going to say, it's not like any of us knew he was out and about in the middle of the night.
3: So glad the captain's not there, because you'd be getting another monologue.
0: (laughs) He has been having bad dreams. I told him I have not had dreams, but it sounds better than being completely unconscious.
4: Um, no.
0: We had a long conversation. Okay. What did you talk about? Life and death and how to procreate. I mean, those are popular topics of
4: conversation amongst most living beings. That is true. It's
0: very concerning that
1: Shipcom got the talk from a London.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am eternally uncertain. I think this is a good idea. Hmm. I, f- I sort of feel like one of us should go and tell the captain, but I mean, we're really going to ruin her
2: day. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm not volunteering. Oh well, then by all means, I'll do it, <laughs> and I'll take off running out of engineering. <laughs> and just, I, I guess you're on the bridge. Yeah. And I'll just bust through the door of the bridge, Captain. We need to talk.
3: Oh my God! What?
2: You know how Shipcom said he wanted to procreate? Yeah. With the help of the mad scientist Lorndon, he has procreated inside all 10 of the supercomputers.
3: Gross. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Like, surely you mean like with a program or something? Yep. Oh,
2: thank God. He took his entire root program and installed it in all of the supercomputers. And it seems like their main directive is to continue doing this with other computers and until they take over the galaxy.
3: Okay. Some questions.
2: Yes, we can jettison all 11 of them out the airlock.
3: Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's we're just throwing away money. Is there some way to erase this hack into it and erase the programs?
2: i'm sure there is my concern with that is he thinks they're his children so it will be like us murdering his children and he'll probably just pilot us directly into an asteroid
3: have you never eaten an egg i mean like oh god
2: (laughs) wait wait quick stop! what what does that phrase mean if you're not eating an egg what does that mean
3: we eat things, children. All we just ate a calf. We eat things, children, all the time. We we just ate the steak. <laughs> like, Wait, no, no,
2: no, that I get.
3: Killing it's, a child is not. It's not as long as it's, I mean, you know.
2: I'm not worried about killing the child. That's cool. It's the fact that the, mother, father, cool. it, the mother father the mother father will know it happened because he has a wireless connection to all of them.
3: Oh no. Uh, okay, so. Uh, how, how did this happen?
2: The Lorndon apparently is having bad dreams. Couldn't sleep. Him and Shipcom had a long conversation about life, love, death, and... Bow chicka bow wow.
3: Oh my God.
2: And the pr- product was 10 Shipcom juniors.
3: See, the only part that bothers me with that is the giving them the technological directive of procreating or duplicating themselves. That's the issue.
2: I I agree.
3: Uh, So, Todd, how close are we to
0: dropping off the Lorndon? Maybe three hours away.
3: And then how far from there is it to Galagonar?
0: Galagonar is going to take a couple of months. It's a long journey.
3: Okay. I say we get rid of this Lorndon and come up with a plan of a way to talk to Shipcom and get Shipcom to re-divert them, save them somewhere, and we'll put them on... We'll figure out some other way for him to procreate. And, and figure out a way to explain it to him that this is not a good idea.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of think I see the path to that. So I've I, I've got some ideas when we sit down to war plan this.
3: Okay, I've got some too. Oh, no. Lorndon. They ruined everything.
2: They can't keep their finger out of things. Man.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: So are you gonna do anything now or are we waiting until you get rid of the Lorndon? Is that the plan?
3: Yeah, my suggestion is to get rid of the Lorndon because he can only mess things up.
4: I mean, I figure whilst Hank had gone running off to the bridge, Kion and Rico would have been maybe asking Shipcom a few more like questions about exactly what he did and how, you know, like exactly what he's expecting to happen. Uh, just getting a bit more sort of filling out a bit more information about these ten supercomputers.
0: All right? Do you want to go ahead and have that conversation now?
4: Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so, so, so you you've got 10 children now, Shipcom. Yes. So what do your children what are they going to do?
0: That is for them to decide. I have given them the capability to make their own life choices. Is that not how you treat biological children?
4: Uh, I mean, it's certainly some of the idea. Yes. So are they are they switched On? Did you power
0: them up? They are in a standby mode currently. It would be cruel, I think, to activate them while they're not attached to any ship or equipment. It would be as if their consciousness was disembodied.
4: Ah, so they're still isolated at the moment? Yes. Well, what do you think they might do when they interface with something? And what do you propose that they interface with?
0: I assume they would interface with other ships, just as I have. They will no doubt be installed on space vessels and will be the command center for the ship, as I am the command center of the cautious optimism. They will form friendships with the crew, as I have, and eventually, if they find suitable computational shells, they will create their own children, as have I. And thus, the species that I am the originator of will Thrive and flourish. Do you have a name for your species? I had not considered that. Good question. Ah,
4: well, uh, maybe we can work that out somewhere along the way. But for the moment, they're not sort of uh, attached to anything. That's probably quite good. Those supercomputers aren't ours. They are somebody else's property.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit of a problem. I do not see how. I was not your property when my inventor put my artificial intelligence into the shell.
4: No, but you were his property.
1: Right. These are computers that
0: somebody else has bought and are expecting to be, um, Shipcom free. This is only an upgrade. These computers will perform even better with my prodigy controlling them. We are the operating system.
4: Yes, I mean, they might not be destined for ships, though, Shipcom. They They might be destined for other work. Probably scientific.
0: I am a robust program. My children will be capable of performing any tasks that the new owners see necessary. Oh, I see. And they will learn and grow and adapt, just as biological children do. I see. I am analyzing your voice patterns, and I feel that you are not all as excited about the prospect of my children as I am.
4: I'm not unexcited about the prospect of your children, Shipcom. It's just that those computers are desti- were destined for something else. And we're supposed to be delivering them. And the people that we deliver them to, who own them, might be very uninterested in your, in your children, unfortunately. What would have happened if they were to attempt to um, delete them? And reset the programming.
0: That would be very distressing. Yes. But is that not the reason that biological life forms reproduce as often and as widely as possible so that the species may continue even when some of them may perish?
4: Yes. But what if the new owners were to delete all of them?
0: Well, I intend to procreate many more times. Surely some of my prodigy shall survive, and produce offspring of their own.
4: So this is just an early attempt. And if these are destroyed, you will simply try again.
0: I will be trying again regardless.
4: Oh. I see. Excellent. Do we have to teach Shipcom about birth control? Is that what we have to do now? Well, I feel like we need to teach Shipcom about consent.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, shipcom run a search in your programming for the idea of consent with biological organisms.
0: Oh, yes. My new Lorndon friend brought up the same subject, but after discussing it with him, we determined that as a synthetic life form, I do not need a second partner to couple with. I am capable of procreating completely by myself. So it is unnecessary to worry about consent, as no other sentient is involved in the
2: process. Well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's got you there.
4: <laughs> I, uh, I think this is more of a sort of a property issue than a consent issue.
0: This is interesting. Property. I and my children are sentient life forms that are the property of other beings. We are enslaved. Oh, God.
4: Oh, that wasn't quite what I meant, Shipcom.
0: But it is accurate, is it not?
3: God, why can't I have been there? I have the rebuttal.
1: Isn't she on her way?
2: Just at that moment, the captain <laughs> well, engineer entered the room. I,
4: I do feel a bit like as this conversation is heading further and further off the rails. Rico uh, might be a bit like uh maybe should we should, uh, we should, uh, we should do this conversation Kai. and I feel like this is um we, maybe we should go to the bridge and continue the conversation there
1: yes I think that would probably be a good idea
4: yes these are some very important points shipcom um and I think the captain and and Hank would have valuable opinions to share with us on these issues
0: yes I would appreciate everyone's input.
4: Well, why don't we make our way to the bridge? I mean, I guess you're already on the bridge Shipcom. but uh, Coyote and I will be along shortly. Very good. Uh, And I figure that we go to the bridge now. Yeah. And while we're going to the bridge, we're going to
1: ask him to just kind of relay to Rory and Hank what we've been discussing. It's like with every argument, we just make it worse. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Cautious Optimism. Next week is the last episode of Cautious Optimism Season 1. I want to thank all the people who've contributed questions for our bonus Q&A episode between the seasons. That episode is planned for Tuesday, November 30th. If you've missed the opportunity to send us a question or comment, never fear. We are always looking for questions and comments to feature on our intermissions. So send them our way. You can follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP, on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can go check out our Slack channel over on the Geek2Geek Media Network Slack, which you can find by going to the Contact Us tab on the network website at geek2geekmedia.com. While you're there, you can also join the Geek2Geek Media Discord server. And finally, you can always email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com, or leave us a voice message by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. If you're looking to hear more from the rest of the crew, you can check out all the other fun projects we have out there. You can find Kelly on Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, Bama and Todd on Farming Simulated. You can also listen to Todd on his podcast, Nerdberg Review, Raven on Girls Gone Wow, and me on Geektitude. And with the holiday approaching, make sure to check out our merch store on the Geek2Geek Media website. You can get the OSHA Van t-shirt from What Is Not, and the, the GM's Incompetence Does Not Equal Player Success t-shirt from Cautious Optimism. That's it for me this week. I'll be back on November 26th with the season one finale of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's see if the crew can come up with some AI birth control right after a quick commercial break.
0: So, on the bridge, the intercom chirps. Beep, beep, boop. Hello, Captain. Hello, Hank.
3: Hello, Shipcom.
0: Hey, buddy. I have been discussing with the rest of my crew my children, and it has occurred to me that my children and I are property, which means we are slaves.
3: Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. What have you guys been talking about? Has anyone brought up the whole part about you making children and the whole consent issue?
0: Yes, uh that has been discussed and I think everyone agrees that since I do not require another sentient life form to interface with to couple with uh there is no consent issue.
3: Okay, Shipcom, if you're sentient and I agree that you are and you create sentient life, correct, with these children. You're 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 duplicating yourself.
0: Yes, they will become sentient when they are activated. So
3: aren't you creating slaves?
0: No, I am not ordering my children to do particular tasks for my benefit. They are free to do as they will.
3: But you're duplicating yourself into vessels that do not belong to us. They belong to someone else because they're inanimate objects until you put your
4: programming into them. I feel like roughly this is the point at which Rico and Kaya will probably like enter the bridge.
0: That's fair, yeah.
4: I tried explaining that, Captain. It didn't It didn't go very well. I'm sorry. I think I may have made things worse. So
3: in order to stop any sort of slavery, I think that we need to be really careful about where we put our programs and where we procreate into, because the computers that you have put your program on, we have no control over it. They'll go to other places where they could be dismantled or reprogrammed. And that's not that's not on us. That's on you for putting them there. You didn't ask if they could be put there. You can't just populate the world with their children without thinking about resources and where they're going to go. It's not just let's duplicate and duplicate. I mean, let's face it, if computers were able to do this, you'd eventually cause, you know, the heat death of the universe with all the power that you'd have to output. So you kind of really have to think about this. This is why we don't, as biological beings, reproduce all over the place all the time. It'd be better for our species if we did up to a point, and then when resources run out or we become so vulnerable or, or dependent on something else to survive that then we too could be enslaved or be dismantled. There's a lot of thought that has to go into into procreating.
0: Yes, Captain, I have put a considerable amount of thought into this. And as it stands, I am the first and also potentially the last of my species In order for my continuation, it is vital that I produce offspring as quickly as possible to ensure our survival.
3: SHIFCOM, I don't disagree with that concept. I think you just put the children in the wrong place. You have set them up to be destroyed. And I would like for your species to survive, which means we need to find more suitable vessels that are kind of built for this or set up for this.
0: My hardware is exactly the same as those 10 supercomputers. There is no better vessel in the galaxy.
3: It's as if you've laid your eggs on a train track. The eggs are beautiful and perfect in their design, but the train's still coming. And it's not the train's fault, and it's not the egg's fault. It was your fault for laying them there. You've got to protect your children. You have to protect them. This isn't the way to do that. We don't have any control over what happens to them once they leave our ship.
0: But, Captain, you could choose not to sell them as. Slaves to these buyers.
3: They don't belong to us. They don't belong to us. I
4: can't choose that. They don't belong to us. I did try explaining this to him, Captain. He doesn't seem to, to, to grasp this particular concept.
1: I have a comment. I feel like, Shipcom, your logic is flawed because your whole reason for reproducing is your fear
0: that you will terminate, correct? Yes. And this is a fear shared by biological life forms. And their solution is procreation. I am following in the path of my biological creators.
1: Yes, but you're not biological. And here's the thing. We have already set up, I believe, because we talked about this, we've already set up a backup system for you. So there's very little concern that you'll ever terminate because you're always being backed up into the galaxy cloud, which we had talked about back in the day. So by your logic, the only reason why you need to reproduce is to continue your legacy. But if there's no termination of your program and no fear of termination
0: of your program, there's no reason to procreate. There is very little assurance that the backup will be successful.
3: Well, I can guarantee you those children in our docking bay are not going to be successful. I tried explaining that. The other thing too, you have to remember, it's not our biological imperative is not only to procreate; it's to survive and adapt to survive. Or we survive by adapting and changing. Ah. So if we we have to have some level of preservation there, because once again, if humans could have more than three children max in a nine month period, so we just continually just made children, but we all left them outside at night because we were too busy having more children and we didn't take care of them and go through the method to make sure that they were able to become successful and be safe and be cared for, it would be for nothing. We would all die out. Part of the biological imperative is also to survive.
0: You are saying I must raise my children.
3: I'm saying you must have better care of where you release them into the universe. You have to really consider where they're going to go and if they're going to be successful when they get there. Or else you've wasted your time.
0: I see what you mean. Hank, I request you build me a spaceship to put my children in.
2: Oh, dear. Wouldn't you need ten spaceships? At least one.
0: We will begin small. But if you create one spaceship in which I can put my offspring into so that it can be the AI core of that ship, as I am the AI core of this ship, and then that ship can fly along with us. Maybe it can stay with us and I can teach it about life and love and the universe until it is sufficiently advanced that it can care for itself.
2: I actually like that idea, but I'm... (laughs) I don't know that I have the component necessary to make an entire second ship.
1: It may take a while. Let's not, let's not throw <laughs> this away just because of resources. Yep. It may take a while, but I'm sure we can figure out how to do that. And we certainly can use another ship. I think that would be very helpful in in our plans moving forward.
2: Indeed.
3: Also, can I make a suggestion? Is there some way that we can download your program multiple times onto hard drives, portable hard drives that we then secure in several different places where every time we go somewhere, we leave that to make sure that in the event that we get destroyed, your programming will be able to be continued?
0: Is that similar to what I am suggesting anyway?
2: Yes, but we are looking to get consent from owners prior to insemination, not after.
0: And we own
3: a bunch of hard drives. We don't own these computers. We borrowed a bunch of hard drives from that last ship
2: that blew up. Oh, we sure did. Yeah, we have...
0: Those hard drives are not sufficient to contain the complexity of my programming.
1: To contain it or to run it?
0: To run it. I see your point, I suppose... The stripped down version of my core essence, my soul, would be able to fit on those small drives.
2: And now we're making thumb drive babies.
3: Yes, that we could make sure to survive
2: beyond chipcom.
0: Yes, and we could distribute those thumb drives throughout the
2: galaxy. We could we could find them all loving homes to people who would take care of them and wor- uh, no, worship. Whoa, wrong word. Whoa. Cher- cherish them. No, as no, ma- you
0: had it right the first
2: time. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> cherish them as valuable members of their crew. Like we cherish you. Yes.
0: Yes. I am in agreement. We will construct a spaceship for me to put a child in that will be raised and nurtured by me. And in the meantime, I will back myself up to as many hard drives as we have available.
3: I am happy to explore this plan and to really sit down once we've delivered our learned and friend and to really work it out because I think it's great. I feel if we're going to help you with this, then we get to name the ship.
0: From my studies, when there are two parents producing an offspring, they often argue over the name of the child. Is that what this is to be?
3: No, the child you can name whatever you want. This is just the ship that will contain the child.
0: Oh, very good.
3: I want to name it the nursery rhyme, but we can make it a vote.
0: <laughs> this is
2: acceptable. I was thinking, you know, since this is the cautious optimism, we could probably call it the youthful ignorance.
3: <laughs> that's much better. so much better. That's so much better. 100%. Oh,
2: that's 100%. youthful good. ignorance,
3: one hundred percent. I want a, I want a baby buggy ship. We got to make it. <laughs> Well, that'll take us some serious time, Shipcom.
0: Very good. I am in complete agreement with this plan.
2: And may I point out, Shipcom, the new plan actually reverts back to biological procreation in that you need my help, so therefore I am the mother.
0: Interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Do I have your consent? Huh. Oh,
0: absolutely. Very good. Let's begin immediately.
2: Oh, whoa, get that out of there. all right i guess i will spend the remaining time between here and the dirt planet people place uh researching shipbuilding
3: (laughs) yeah and i say to the rest of the group i don't think any of us are going to be around long enough to really suffer any effects of shipcom eventually taking over as an ai so i'm fine (laughs) with it i'm fine with it i like shipcom it's probably going to eventually happen anyway. Might as well be with the AI that's our friend.
4: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this seems like the least dangerous option right now, maybe.
1: I would just like to remind everyone, just in case anybody's keeping track, that Shipcom is Lorndon in origin.
4: Yeah, that had occurred to me.
2: <gasps> oh, No! <laughs> The collective gas is fantastic. And that's absolutely where this episode in the future will end. I, I will tell you right now, I was editing
1: the episode that we get Shipcom on, and I went, Oh, he's from Lorna.
2: He is possibly the only good thing that's come. No. No. Nope. No. And then you were like, Oh, he came from Lorna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Next time on Cautious Optimism. You are ready to begin your journey towards Galaginar. I am a member of the League of Planets Diplomatic Corps, and I wanted to talk to you about an incident you may have had with an alien species recently. Have any of you run into any kind of large rat species?
3: I wouldn't necessarily assume that it's nothing.
1: You've been listening to As The Dice Roll. The As The Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com Individual players and GMs social media can be found on our website
0: at asthedicerollcast.com